Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Well, this week has kind of stirred some things up in me because I don't know how many are aware, how many would agree with me that in our culture, in the world that we live in today, there are a lot of voices out there pulling you around. Come on, somebody. Anybody agree with me? Amen, pastor. There are a lot of voices trying to vie for your attention, trying to speak to you, trying to lead you in a way that you know sometimes you shouldn't go. And it's confusing at times. Because we're wondering, which way do we go? Who, who do we follow? What does that look like? And more importantly, who do we listen to? And sometimes the answer isn't always clear, church. It's not always as simple as like, listen to God. It's like, well, what does that even mean, pastor? What, what do we do? For some of you, maybe you're in a situation where your doctor is telling you to do one thing, your family is looking to do another, your random friend on Facebook is giving you this to do, read this book or, or, or do this, and, and your pastor is maybe telling you something completely different. And you're wondering, what voice do I listen to? Because if we're honest with ourselves and our culture today, there are so many choices of voices. Come on, somebody. There are so many choices of voices that you can listen to. And it feels like even over the past 20, 25 years, you have the internet, you have phone, you have, we're all interconnected. Whereas before, I didn't care what somebody said over in Asia. Now I know what, what my brother in Asia is saying. You know, I know what they're saying in Europe. I know. So we're looking at all of these and all of a sudden the voices seem to kind of come into you. Is it, am I the only one? Right? Yes. I'm going to wake y'all up this morning. If don't, even if you're not going to talk, I'm going to make you talk. Okay? But, but it, it feels like there's so many voices bombarding us. And these voices end up, watch this, end up moving out of our place and our position to hear the only voice that really matters in this life. How many know? It's God's voice. Because all of these competing voices pull us here, pull us there, do this, do that. And we're shuffling around and it gets us out of our posture, our position, our placement to hear God's voice. I know some of you in here this morning, I know are urgent to hear God's voice. You're urgent. You need an answer for something. You're going, Pastor Chris, I need an answer. I need God to answer me about this situation, about this circumstance. Maybe it's about a job or it's about a spouse. You're going, do I marry him or do I not, Pastor Chris? Please tell me. And I can't tell you. But you're wondering, well, then God tell me. I, I need to hear from God. What's God's will for my life? Because if I make this bad decision, I'm going to end up with a deadbeat, right? <laughs> and you go, I can't do that again. Or, or, or you're wondering what hospital you go to or what doctor do you use? And you begin questioning. Do you know this? This is crazy. We all make decisions each and every single day. I read the other day, there are 35,000 decisions that we make daily, each of us. 35,000 decisions. Now, not all of them are huge. Some of them are like where you want to eat. Now, some of y'all would say that's a huge thing. To... <laughs> but think about it for a moment. These decisions, who are we listening to? What voice is really guiding our lives when we need to hear the voice of God? 
Some of you need answers like, what do I do with my job? Pastor Chris, what, what, what do I do with my family or, or the school I go to or this next season of my life or on Tuesday, I'm facing a major decision that I have to know the will of God. Can you pray for me? And many people come up to me or our prayer, prayer partners down front and just go, I, I need to know the will of God. Will you pray for me? And of course I pray for them. But how many of you know, no one can go to God for you. You have to go to God yourself. We can do the best that we can, and, um, but, but no one can go to God for you. I'm not going to hear God for you. You must hear God yourself. And t- sometimes we get so nervous. I, I remember it's so much easier when someone just tells me what to do, right? Or, or can tell me, point me in the right direction or listen to a voice. And over the next uh, couple of weeks, you're gonna hear from our, one of our overseers, Pastor Jim LaFoon is, is gonna be coming to this campus and he's Pastor Jacob's pastor and he operates in the office of a prophet, which means it's not weird. It just means that he doesn't tell you just about your future. He edifies and builds you up. And, and that's what it's all about. It's about building up the body of Christ. And so I remember the first time eight years ago, this was new to me. I'm like, he's a prophet, like of the Bible, right? And so I'm, I'm, he's like, I want to pray over you. I'm like, me? You know? And so me and my wife are walking up and I'm like, oh no, this guy can read my mind right now. Oh no, clear your thoughts, clear your thoughts, clear your thoughts, right? I'm walking up with my wife, clear your thoughts. I'm like, sweetie, clear your thoughts, clear your thoughts right now. Because I thought this guy's, this guy's going to read my thoughts. He's going to read my mail. And I don't, I, don't, I don't want him to read my mail in front of everybody, right? And literally the first thing he said, he said, calm down. I can't read your thoughts. I'm like, whew. <laughs> All right, but we get there and he gives us this encouraging, amazging word. Now, every time I see him, I'm like, you got a word for me? To guide my life, please. Guide me in the right direction, right? We want to rent out a prayer person for somebody to go for us when we have to hear the word of God ourselves. Others can confirm Others can help steer, but we need to learn how to hear the voice of God. Because some of you are asking, is God really speaking to me, Pastor Chris? And I want to encourage you this morning. God is speaking to his people. He's never stopped speaking and he wants to speak to you. Listen to this. Job 33, 14 says this. For God speaks again and again and again and again. He hasn't stopped speaking. He'll never stop speaking. Watch this. Though people do not recognize it. Though people do not recognize it. We are being led oftentimes by voices that are not the will and the voice of God. And we need some help hearing and recognizing the voice of God. So I want to help us this morning. Is that okay, church? Is that okay? I want to help you this morning know how to hear and recognize the voice of God. But first, I kind of want to demystify that. Because when I say those words, like, okay, well, Pastor Chris, that's great. But what does it mean to hear the voice of God? How do we recognize the voice of God? Because some of you, you have some misconceptions about the voice of God. You've seen your grandma, you know, and sweet, sweet grandma, you know, she, you go, I don't want to be like my grandma. She was super spiritual. And when she prayed, the, her eyes rolled back in her head and she was like, it was, I don't want to do that. If that's hearing from God, I don't want to be that. And you got these weird misconceptions because you looked on Facebook and you saw somebody doing it and you're like, nope, don't want to do that either. Not going there. And then for some reason you got, people think that it's like impossible. I, 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 can't, I can't hear from God. Only holy people can. Or it's confusing or it's scary or a friend at work said to do it this way and you did it and you felt weird, right? And you were like, I'm not going back again. But God wants us to hear his voice. 
wants us to hear his voice, to walk in his ways. And how many here want to do the will of God? You say, Pastor, all I want to do is do the will of God. I just want to be in the will of God. Okay, some of you didn't raise your hand. That's okay. God still loves you. But I want to demystify and I want to break down some of these misconceptions. Can I do that for a moment? Because I think we've all believed some lies about the way God speaks. Let me go through a couple of them because um, I'm hoping that you find some similarities in, in the way that you view God. Sometimes we view God, this first one, we view God as I call it, we call it the mumbling God. You view, you got, ever talked to a mumbler before? How's he right? say, man? What? Sorry, sorry about something. Peace, man. I mean, what you talking about? What did you say? What? Some of you are laughing because you know you're a mumbler right now. Think about it. You think God's a mumbling God because you you're uncertain. You're unsure. You're like, I think God said this to me, but I'm but I'm not positive. I don't know 100% sure. And so you think this, that conversation with God, you're hearing a mumbler and you're just going, you ever had lunch with a mumbler? It's terrible. I'm like, okay, 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 okay. See, some of you view God as this mumbling God. You're going, I, I, I'm not really sure, Pastor Chris, if I've heard the, the voice of God, but, but he mumbles to me. God is not a mumbler, I promise you that. I think another one that some of us fit God into is the, it's the, what I call the texting God. This is where um, <laughs> you're going, texting God. Do you have God's number? I do. Let me give it to you. You know how there are those people you don't want to talk to, but you don't mind texting? Come on, somebody. <laughs> those people you don't want to pick up the phone and call, you're like, oh, gosh. But you're like, let me text them back real quick. You guys are laughing because you know you've done it too. It better not be to me. That would be really hurtful. But think about it. This is, how do I text God? Well, these are those people you just need a direct answer from. You don't want to really have a conversation. It's those times where you come to God and you go, God, I need a direct answer now. That's all I need. I need a direct answer now. And you know, on on your phone, if if you have an Apple phone or something where, where you have those three dots, you know what I'm talking about? Everybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, come on. Or you have those three dots that come up after you text somebody. And what does that mean? It means they're texting back, right? They're getting ready. They're preparing something. It's called, I looked it up. This is interesting. It's called the typing awareness indicator, okay? You're aware they're typing. And you know, you want a direct answer and you're just like waiting. You're like, okay, cool, 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 cool. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Okay, I got you. T- text me, text me back. And then it stops and you're like, you're like, did they delete it? Did they say something and then back it up because they didn't want to say it? Was it mean? But now they're, what is it? You know, and, and you're wondering and you're just like, God, come on. See, many of us go to God and we just want a direct answer. God, I, I, I need you to let me know. Do I take this job or not? Okay, and never mind. You're not answering me. I'm done. I'm done. And you just kind of move on. You're wanting a direct answer. You're wanting the texting. God, you don't want a conversation. You don't want relationship. You just want an answer. You just want to answer. That's the texting God. We're, we're right out. Some of you put God in that category. This next one, some of you see God as, as the quiet talker God. He's the quiet talker God. He talks real quiet like this. And he's just, he's just a still small voice, a whisper. He's a whisper. You ever had a conversation with a quiet talker? You ever, some of you are laughing. You, you, don't, you want to bump the neighbor next to you. You don't have to do that. But you ever talked to a quiet talker? 
I, I, I love all of y'all, but sometimes the quiet talkers, it's really hard for me. I love you. Your voice is soothing, wonderful, wonderful. And I, you're meek, and I, I love it. But I have to be honest with you. I'm in church. I have to be honest. I just nod my head and smile because I can't understand a word you're saying. <laughs> I can't hear you. I'm just going, oh, yeah? Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow. And they're like, why are you saying wow? I just told you my dog died. Um, <laughs> I didn't hear you. And, and, but you ever notice the quiet talker? You have to lean in real close, right? You got to like get really close to them, almost uncomfortably close, where you're like, I got to kind of smell your breath a little bit now, but here we go. And you got to get, you got to get close. Some of you think that God wants you to get, you need to get so close, but you're going, pastors, I'm not good enough to get close to God. He's a quiet talker. I read he's a still small voice. So if he's a still small voice, that means I have to, I have to be good enough to get close to them. And God doesn't want to be close to me. And we end up putting God out there because we think he's a quiet talker. And we have to listen closely. But some of you think on the opposite side, he's the heart of hearing God. You think he's the heart of hearing God? Where if I increase my volume, God will hear me and listen to my cry and speak from heaven and rain down his love on me, right? We think, and I'm all about loud prayers. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not a quiet talker. I'm a loud guy, right? But we, all, but we think that somehow if we raise our voice, watch this, it raises our faith. That's not true. If we scream at God, all of a sudden God's going to hear us and answer us more quickly. But some of you, this next one, this next category, this is maybe where you put, put God in, and this is where I've seen a lot of people, it's the confused God. It's the confused God. It's like, go, stay, don't go, go to this church. No, go to that church. No, God planted you at that church. No, he planted me at this church. And you're back and forth and you're going, go, do I take this job? No, I'm gonna take the job. Nope, I'm gonna resign this job and I'm gonna go to this job. And then you're just bouncing around and these people, listen to me, we've all fallen into this. These people wanna see signs and breadcrumbs to lead them on their way. Let me, let me I'll, I'll give an example. You're driving along and you see like the number eight and you're going, eight, okay, great. Another number eight. And you go by and you're like, another. God, are you saying in eight days I'm gonna win the lottery? I think you are. I think you're saying eight days and then you go by again and you see a seven and you're going, nope, that wasn't God, never mind. You know? And it's like, go, stop, stop, go. And, and, and you're just confused. Let me just clear this up. God is not a God of confusion. He's not a God of breadcrumbs. We need to stop looking for signs and wonders and look for, to hear his voice more clearly. He speaks. The question is, are we listening? And this last one, this last one is one of my favorite. This is the one we all want. This is the bullhorn God. You guys, are, you guys don't even know. You're in for a treat right now. This is the bullhorn God. We want to talk to God. We want God to talk to us like this. Hey, you. Go to China. That's where I'm sending you to go reach people. Hey, you, don't marry that girl. Yep, you in the corner, bald head. Don't marry that girl. You're just waiting on God to speak to you in a bullhorn because you think it's a direct command. You just want him to yell it at you and you want him to scream it so loud. So you're waiting on God to say, hey, you, go here, do this. Hey, you, in Whole Foods, standing next to the avocados. Yeah, you over there. I need you to go talk to her, pray for her. And you go. And, and the crazy part about it is we're waiting for this bullhorn. Thank you, man. We're waiting for this bullhorn, God. 
And we're going, well, I'm not moving until I hear God's bullhorn call me into something great, you know? And we're waiting. Can I just, let me tell you, none of these are it. And we've all fallen into this trap that we want to hear God or put God in this certain category. Why? Because maybe he spoke to somebody one way, but he's not speaking to you that way. So you think something's wrong with you. And I want to encourage you today that God has a clear voice and a clean sound that is different than anything in our culture. You don't have to find breadcrumbs or listen to a bullhorn. I'm telling you right now, God is speaking. But how do we recognize and hear the voice of God? I want to read you a passage of scripture that I believe, listen to me, is full of promises this morning. That if you're struggling to hear the voice of God, if you're struggling and you're going, I just want to hear God's voice. Maybe you're trying to make a decision. Maybe you're, I'm not going to help you make that decision. But what I can do is lead you to the one who already knows that decision and knows what's best for you. And I want you to hear the promises that God has for you to lead us and guide us in the way that we should go. It's in John chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, it'll be on the screen. But really in context, Jesus is speaking and he's giving some truth through an illustration. Jesus talks in these illustrations and these stories like he does because he wants to make it relevant. And in John chapter 10, he's talking about the relationship between the created and the creator between us and God. And Jesus uses the relationship between a shepherd and sheep. And to us, we're going, Pastor Chris, I'm not a farmer. I don't understand that. Me neither. Okay, join the club. But back in that context in the first century, this was something that was very familiar to the people back then. That if he talked about shepherd and sheep and the pen and the gates, the people would understand in context what this was. And they would hold fast to that. And so Jesus uses this illustration to show us how much he wants to talk to us, how much he has promises for us, how he wants to lead us. And I believe it's for today. So let's start in John chapter 10, verse one. It's just 11 verses. We'll read it and then we'll close. Is this, here's what Jesus says. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees. So he's speaking to religious people. He's not speaking to people who don't know religion. He's speaking to religious people. Here he says, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. So Jesus doesn't start off with this major truth. He starts off setting the scene. Matter of fact, he sets off, he starts off with a warning. He's going, you have your sheep pen and you have a gate. And if somebody climbs over the wall, they're not supposed to be there. (laughs) And so God is saying there's a protective side that he has for his sheep. He's about to get to where he wants to get them together. Come on, church. He wants to bring them in because in numbers, we're always protected better. And there's a gate. And if somebody climbs over the wall, they're not supposed to be there. What he's saying is if there's another voice that gets in another way and tries to tell you they're the shepherd, they're not the shepherd. If they try to lead you with another voice, they're not the shepherd. But he's warning us right now that there's voices that will begin to influence us. They're thieves and they're robbers. And so he continues to go on. Verse two, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. So now he defines that. And the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And listen to this. The sheep listen to his, 
They listen to his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. You see, in the custom of that time, you're going, well, that that just sounds kind of weird, Pastor Chris. In the custom of that time, there would be a pen or a fold where multiple shepherds would keep their sheep. So you have all the sheep mixed up together. And so shepherds would go in there and they would start singing, whistling. You can hear, you can see, watch this on, on YouTube, even today. They would go in singing, whistling, speaking, and all those sheep would perk up, hear their voice, and begin to be led out by that shepherd. Now, what's the encouragement for you and me? Listen to me. Is it number one? This is so good. Is that Jesus doesn't just say, hey, come on, y'all. Come follow me. No, no, no. He says, hey, John. Hey, Susie. Hey, T-boy. Hey, Billy. He says, come follow me. He calls them by name. He knows the sheep. The shepherd always knows the sheep and he calls them. It's personal. But he doesn't just call them and just say, hey, get out of here. He calls them and then he leads them, it says. He doesn't drive them. A voice will never drive you. Watch this. It'll lead you. It'll lead you. And that voice leads. I love that picture, that loving picture of a shepherd calling the sheep and leading them out to green pastures. Because here's what he says. He keeps going, verse four. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. He goes back to the warning. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. How many remember growing up, uh, you remember your parents warning you, like, stranger danger, just call out stranger danger. They're like, don't speak to a stranger. It's kind of weird here in South, South Lafayette, Louisiana, too, because no one's really a stranger here. We say hi to everyone, right? And my kids just say hi to everyone. I haven't taught them the stranger danger yet. So if they start yelling it, that's kind of weird. I'm just saying. But our parents, watch this. How many remember? My mom was like, hey, just so you know, if there's a white van and they're giving away lollipops, say stranger danger. Say stranger. And so we know We know almost intuitively, but Jesus is saying, when you see it, when you hear that voice, watch this, that is not my voice. He doesn't say, go near it or like, hey, just see if the candy's okay to take and run. He's saying, you better run from that voice. Because he goes, it's not my voice. That's not my voice, he said. It's not the way I want you to live. It's not the... It's not the greener pastures because he keeps going. He says this, verse six, and Jesus used this figure figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, verse seven, Jesus said again. I want you to remember that word again. I want you to remember it because don't you love the patience of Jesus? How many are thankful that Jesus doesn't just try to tell us one time, he tells us multiple times, right? If you don't get it in a sermon, if you don't hear God's voice in a sermon, watch this. Usually he'll use your spouse. Come on, somebody. But I know I've missed it. I've missed it in prayer and he's spoken through a friend. I've missed it in his word and he's spoken through my pastor. And so God, what's so unique about God's voice is that God will never just go, Oh, you didn't hear it the first time? Oh, and walk away. It says, therefore, Jesus said again. It's the patience, the grace of Jesus 
He wants us to get it. Here's what he says again. Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep and all who have come before me are thieves and robbers. He makes a definitive statement, but the sheep have not listened to them. For I am the gate and whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief, we know this first, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have what? Life and have it to the? So watch this. Jesus said, when you recognize and hear my voice, you might not know where you're going, but you'll have life and you'll have it abundantly. You'll have it abundantly, abundant life. Well, does that mean I'll have more money, more? No, abundant life does not come from possessions. Abundant life can only come from the one who gives life. And that abundant life says, no matter what, Paul said, when I am rich or if I am poor, if I am thirsty or I have much, I am content to give God praise. That is what it means to have a full life. When you can give God thanks and praise, even when you don't have. That is life to the full. And then he ends with this. Jesus is one of my favorite statements. Verse 11, for I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. You see, God wants to lead us with his voice. God wants to lead us with his voice. He wants to lead us to abundant life. He wants to lead us in a way that all of their voices pale in comparison to what his voice is for us. But how many know sometimes between you in that hearing that voice, recognizing that voice, it feels like there's so much in the way. Am I the only one? It feels like there's so much in the way. It's like, it's like if you're in your house, and, and it doesn't matter how big your house is, but you're calling out to your family, your loved ones, your brother, your sister, your wife, your kids, and you're like, hey, hey, ma. And you hear, yeah. She's in the room. Make me a sandwich, right? Yeah. You're doing one of those. And she says, What? I need a sandwich. What? Right? Because what's in the way? Walls? Other people? Sound? The AC? That's Because it's hot here in Louisiana, so it's cranking. The refrigerator's running. There's other noise that's in the way. And watch this. In order for you to hear one another, you have to get closer together. You see, I believe, and I want to do this over the next just 10 minutes. I want to give you seven practical steps where we can clear things out of the way, clear things out of the way to get closer to hearing God's voice and recognizing him. Let me give you seven things and then we'll close. Number one, they're practical. These are very practical. Number one is this. Believe that God wants to talk to me. I'm going to say that again because you're going, oh, well, duh. No, no, no. Believe that God wants to talk to me. I believe this might be the biggest hurdle that many people have today for hearing the voice of God because they think you're not good enough. Well, God doesn't want to talk to me. He wants to talk to you, Pastor Chris. He doesn't want to talk to me because of everything that I've done or been through. So I need a priest or a pastor or someone holier than me to hear from God for me. Let me remind you what Jesus called all of us, including me in here, he called us sheep. I don't know if you've ever been around sheep before, 
but they're dirty, nasty, and stinky, okay? It's not like one is really pretty and then the other one's like dirtier. That's not the way it works. What it means is we're all sheep and we all have access to the shepherd. Come on. And he's speaking. He's speaking. And when you come to him, you have to believe that the Lord Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, he calls me by my name. He leads me out. He wants to speak to me now. Not because of what I've done or what I haven't done, but because of the good father that he is. He wants to speak to me. Can I encourage you? Be confident this week. And I believe if you follow this pattern, I believe this is a biblical pattern. If you follow this, I believe you'll, you'll hear God's voice and you'll be, begin to be led by him. Be confident that God wants to talk to me. Number two, write this down. After we believe that God wants to talk to me, come to God with a humble and repentant heart. This is about your posture. I can't stand it. Parents, you might agree with me. My kids come to me. Daddy, I need a snack now, right? I just want to say no just to get them riled up. I'm like, no. <laughs> You're hungry? No. But watch this. When they come to me and they're like, hey, Dad, I am famished. <laughs> Doesn't happen a lot. But if they come, hey, hey Dad, May I please have a, have a snack? I'm really, I'm really hungry right now. What do I want to do? I'm like, you can have all the snacks. Thank you for asking kindly, right? When you come with that heart, that grateful, thankful, postured heart, I mean, you're putting yourself in a position to hear from God. You're removing all of the things that could be blocking you. Because listen, listen to me, God is not a God who's going to give you the silent treatment, God's not going. Mm -mm, mm -mm. He's not going, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't talk to me the other day. That's not God. God doesn't sulk. God doesn't sulk. It's not what he does. But listen to me. Sin separates. It's just what it does. Sin separates. It doesn't separate us from heaven. That's not what my word says. Sin doesn't separate you from getting to heaven. Because once you're a born again child of God, I believe you're sealed by the Holy Spirit. And listen to this. But sin might, might still separate us from God in fellowship. There's a difference, right? It's, it's like me and my kids. I love my kids. And there's nothing they can ever do to turn me away from my love and the way that I love them. But when they are disobedient, what happens is it puts something in the middle of our relationship where now our fellowship is more difficult. You see, we need to clear our hearts before we begin to go to God. That's why I have my kids repent because it's not because they need to say sorry. It's they need to clear their hearts have fellowship. We need to come to God and say, God, what, what sin am I dealing with? What sin is blocking me? What is in my heart? The psalmist said it this way. I love this. He said, if I had not confessed the sin of my heart, the Lord would not have listened to me. 
It had nothing to do with being good enough. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened to me. But God did listen. I love that. And he paid attention to my prayer. Praise God who did not ignore my prayer or withdraw his unfailing love from me. Come to God with a repentant and humble heart. What does that look like, Pastor Chris? It means when you come to him, you could be driving in your car. It could be a quiet time. It could be riding home by yourself. Just go, hey, God, I know you want to talk to me. But if there's anything on my heart, any sin, would you reveal it to me? Would you just reveal it? I don't want anything blocking our relationship. Psalm 139 says it this way. Search me and know my heart, oh God. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you, God. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. Every single morning I wake up, I say, God, there's nothing good in me except for you. Point it out. I want to come and hear the voice of God, but there has to be a repentant heart. Number three, write this down. The next thing we need to do is is experience the word and prayer. Now I could go for days into this and I'm just going to brush over it real quickly. Experience the word, God's word and prayer. It's about positioning ourselves in proper place to hear the voice of God. Let me make this very clear. This word right here is the voice of God. Pastor Chris, what do I do? What's the word say? I don't know. Then you might need to go look at it, right? But Pastor Chris, I don't understand it. Did you get in your car today? Well, yeah. Do you know how your car works? No. And you still drove here? Yes. You do a lot of things in this life and you don't really fully understand them, but yet you can't read God's word and hear his voice and you're complaining about understanding. It's not, you're not reading the book. The book is reading you. It's God's voice. It's God's voice. It's God's voice. And so get into it. Just read it. Stand upon it because God's word is God's voice. Here's what 2 Timothy 3 says. It says, the whole Bible was given to us by inspiration from God and is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. And it straightens us out and helps us do what is right. Listen to this. It is God's way of making us well-prepared at every point, fully equipped to do good to everyone. Too many people are using the word against everyone. Come on. This is what I'm talking about when we're talking about having compassion for people. Because though this word is a sword, it's not a sword against your brother or sister. Because this fight is not against flesh and blood, but against spirit and principalities. So we look at this and we say, if this is God's voice, I'm going to read it, whether I understand it or not. And then prayer, experience prayer. Prayer is just the communication. It's the communion with God. It's being with God. And if you're not positioned in the right place, you can't hear God's voice. Number four is this. You got to die to yourself. You got to die to yourself. What does that mean? That means surrender your agenda. Surrender your, continually put down Matthew, Matthew 6. It's not my will be done. It's thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We all repeat that. We've quoted that. I grew up in catechism doing that. But that needs to lay down our agenda, meaning it's not mine, it's God's. And when we can take on God's agenda, not our own, then we can clear ourselves out to hear God's voice. Pause. We just went through four steps. I want you to notice something. I want you to notice something very, very, very clearly. 
none of these steps, we haven't even asked for anything from God yet. You notice that? We haven't even asked anything from God. These are just the get ready steps. This is like get ready. Put yourself in position to hear from God. I'll, I'll use this analogy. How many uh, remember the original Karate Kid? How many of you old people are with me? Come on. I was doing it like this. I could, my mom goes, my mom was here in the street. She goes, you could quote that whole, whole movie. I'm like, You're, you bet your bottom dollar I can do that right now. And I, I love that Karate Kid movie. And how many remember, if you remember, it's about Daniel and Daniel gets picked on and bullied. So he goes to Miss Miyagi, who he's like, teach me how to fight, Miss Miyagi. And he's like, Daniel-san, <laughs> you come to me tomorrow. And he's like, okay, I'll come to you tomorrow. He comes home tomorrow. If you guys remember the story, and he's like, he said, all right, Miss Miyagi, I'm here. I'm ready to learn. He goes, first, wax on, wax off. Wash my car. And he goes, okay, okay. Wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off. And he's like, okay, come back tomorrow. So Daniel comes back tomorrow and he comes back. He's okay, I'm ready. What do I do now? And he's like, paint the fence. Up, down. I mean, you guys remember paint the fence. We all know it. You practice it at home. I did. Paint the fence. You're painting the fence. And Daniel's painting the fence. He's like, okay, I don't get this. I'm ready to fight, but okay. And so he comes back the next day and he goes, Daniel-san, sand the floor, right? And he gets down and he sands the floor. Finally, Daniel gets mad. That's it. I, I'm not even learning how to fight. I'm not learning. And he said, Daniel-san, come here. And they have this conversation together where Mr. Miyagi showed that everything that he did was to get him ready to fight was to get him ready because by waxing on and waxing off, you're blocking, sanding the floor. You're, you're painting the fence, sanding the floor. You're doing all those things and now he's blocking kicks and punches and he looks like a real fighter and all he's done is done chores. So I tell my kids every day, if you wanna learn how to fight, just do chores. We know that. <laughs> it works, parents. But think about it for a moment. Daniel wasn't ready. All that he did for three days was to get ready to learn how to fight. I believe these first four steps are to get us ready to hear the voice of God. Because here comes number five, because we're ready now. Number five, you've been waiting for this. Tell God all about it now. Tell God all about it now. Ask, seek, knock, ask, seek, knock, ask, seek, knock, and continue. Tell God your feelings and emotions, your disappointments, your joys, your highs, your lows. What, what good father doesn't want to hear when their kids are upset? What good father doesn't want to pull their children close when they've scraped their knee, when they're crying, they're disappointed, or when they share in a victory? It's the heart of a father. As Hebrews 4 says, that's why we can come boldly and confidently before the throne of grace tell him all about it. Number five, excuse me, number six, this is probably the toughest one. We have to wait on him to answer. That four-letter word right there, wait, is a four-letter word, right? Wait on God. Just wait. Look at me. Look at me, church. Please, please, please. Just wait on God. Wait on him to answer. Wait on him. I've made too many mistakes by trying to do things my way and not God's way, not waiting for his answer. Just wait. Some of you have been waiting a while. Keep waiting. God never wastes the waiting. He's doing something. He's doing something. 
And you might think, well, God's denying me. Listen to me. Delay is not denial. Because he's an on-time God. Stop being like my kids in the car on a long road trip where they say, are we there yet? You haven't even left Lafayette yet. And you can tell them we're not there yet. Because what do I want to tell my kids? Just enjoy the ride. Anytime you look for destinations, God will always keep you in the journey. Because you can't, he'll never trust you to be content in the destination if you're not content in the journey with him. We have to wait, position, posture yourselves to hear the voice of God. And then number seven, it's a big one. Number seven, God speaks to me and I will obey. This is when God speaks to me And now I will obey. The biggest question, once you hear God's voice is, are you really ready to obey? Are you really okay if he says no? Well, God, am I supposed to marry this man? And he goes, absolutely not. (gasps) But I love him. Can you handle a no? I tell my kids all the time, if you can't handle a no, I'll never give you a yes. Are you ready to obey him? Even if it's difficult. I'll never forget, and I'm gonna close here. I'll never forget the story about five years ago where this couple was trying to get pregnant. They could not, they spent thousands of dollars on fertility treatments, everything else, nothing worked. They were down to their last dollars. They had one more shot they were going to give it. And every single year we do what we call legacy, where we, we all come together as the church and we bring our greatest need and then we bring our financial greatest gift and we couple those together. And we believe that not because we gave a dollar amount, but because of our obedience, we believe that God's going to meet that greatest need. And we give whether it's to our church or we give to outside churches or we give to different organizations. We've done it every single year. And this year, this couple, five years ago, decided that with their last dollars, they felt like God was calling them to give it. Now imagine that conversation between them. Hey, sweetie, uh, I think God wants us to give that last money. And she's looking at him probably going, this could be my last chance to get pregnant. When else are we going to have this money? So they prayed together and they believed that's what they were supposed to do. As difficult as it was, they heard the voice of God and they said, we're going to give. And so I remember they walked up here and they walk and we have baskets in front. If you've never been here, it's in November, but we have baskets up front and they brought their car with the greatest need. They brought their envelope and they both sat there and they wept as they were giving it. They wept. And they're laying it down in the basket. And they're just going, God, we're obedient. We're just gonna, we're believing you're gonna meet that need. However, some way, maybe you'll give us the money back to get another treatment. Can I tell you? Next year at that time, they were coming to the altar with a little baby girl in their arms. You know what's so amazing? It wasn't about the money they gave. It was about the obedience they had to say, God, if you want me to do it, I'll do it. Listen to you. Some of you, God has been speaking to you. 
as a father, look at me, to go and repent and reconcile with your kids. I believe that is from the Holy Spirit. And you've heard it from Pastor Jacob last week about forgiveness to right here and now to the supermarket clerk said something about forgiveness. You're going, oh gosh, I get it, God. It's the voice of God and you know the right thing to do. The hard part about it is we want God to speak, but when obedience is difficult, we go, ah, I don't know if I want to do that, God. But I believe if we are obedient, listen to me, if we are obedient, God will show us it is always worth it. It's always worth it. Because if you're ready to hear the voice of God, then he's going to tell you some difficult things. He might tell you not to take that job that pays more money. He may tell you to take a next step, to get into a small group to stop coming to church and start participating in church, get plugged into spiritual family, however messy that may be, to start serving, to start giving of your tithe, to continue to take that next step, just to be obedient to what God is saying for you to do. I know that's difficult. I know that is. And so my prayer for you today is that we would hear the voice of God and we'll be obedient to the voice of God. So Father, we thank you. Thank you that you're a good father that speaks to his children. This morning, I thank you. I pray in the name of Jesus, you would open our ears and open our hearts to hear from your word, Lord. I pray right now, I even know there are some things upon everyone's hearts that they're just remembering, they're thinking about. Holy Spirit, you brought up these memories, these thoughts, these people have come to mind because there's something they need to do. You're speaking to them. You speak to us that clearly. And I thank you, God, that you deal with us. You don't deal with other people through us. You deal with us, Lord. So I pray for boldness and strength in the name of Jesus to take that next step, whatever it is, God. I pray the enemy would not kill, steal, and destroy, but they would hear your voice and you would lead them out to Green's pastures, God. For some of you in here this morning, your next step is to be born again. That's not my word, that's Jesus' word. He said you cannot either, either enter in or see the kingdom of heaven unless you are born again. My question to you is, have you been born again? With all heads bowed, all eyes closed this morning, I wanna give you that opportunity to be born again. How do I do that, Pastor Chris? It's as simple as A, B, C. A, we admit we're sinners in need of a savior. B, believe that what Jesus did on the cross was enough to cover our past, present, and future sins and see we confess him as Lord and as Savior of our lives. It only happens once, just like you're physically born one time, it only happens, you're only born again spiritually one time. It's a time that you make the commitment to say, I'm walking with Jesus, not in perfection, but in direction. Some of you have been in church your whole life, you've never made that decision. There's never been a definitive decision that you've said, I have been born again, I am walking with Jesus. Today, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that. I'm just gonna pray a simple prayer. It's not the prayer that saves you or makes you born again. It's your faith that does it. So on the count of three, if that's you and say, Pastor Chris, include me in that born again prayer that you're gonna pray with all heads bowed, all eyes closed. Just me and you. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand if that's you. Say, include me in that born again prayer, Pastor Chris. One, God is speaking to you. You hear his voice. Two, he's calling you home. Three, raise your hand now. Raise it high and wave it at me. I see you. One, two, three, four. Awesome. Five. I see you. Six. 
Seven, I see you, awesome, thank you. Eight, nine, wonderful. Ten, go ahead and put your hands down. If you raised it once, you don't ever have to raise it again. But if you guys should have raised my hand, this last 10 seconds are for you. Pastor, pray for me. Would you, would you include me in that born again prayer? I want you to raise your hand now. Wave it at me. I see you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. I see you. Wonderful. Praise God. I see you. Well, church, with all those that raised their hand, we're going to say this prayer together as a church family. Repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, my guilt, and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so I would not have to go. And you rose on the third day to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn away from my sin to be born again. Say this with me. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, give it up for all those who prayed that prayer.